When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Jones is just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to get to know the Jets' newest tight end, Jeremy Ruckert from Lindenhurst, Long Island, who grew up a huge Jets fan. We're going to get to that and a whole bunch more with our friend who covers the Ohio State Buckeyes football program for the Columbus Dispatch, Mr. Joey Kaufman. Joey, thanks for coming back on the show, man. Hey, Scott. Happy to talk more Buckeyes, the the Jets evidently liked a couple in this year's draft. Yes, they liked two in this year's draft. They liked Sam Darnold when you were covering USC. So as we joked on the Garrett Wilson show that we did, I would start getting ready for the possibility of being a Jet if I was somebody that has potential to be drafted and I was on the Ohio State Buckeyes. But Jeremy Ruckert dreamed of being a Jet since he was a little kid because he grew up a huge Jets fan. And in fact, when he was at the Senior Bowl, he ran up to Joe Douglas and Ron Middleton, who was coaching the team, and both were representing the Jets, and said, you guys, you know I'm from Long Island and I'm a huge Jets fan. And Joe Douglas and Ron Middleton laughed and said, yeah, we know. We know you're a Jets fan. We know you're from Long Island. And I want to talk about his upbringing on Long Island because his father is somebody who's a very strong presence in his life, Bill Ruckert. He played football and his son takes after him. But, Joey, one thing I want to make clear is Jeremy Ruckert, much like Garrett Wilson, was a two-sport star. Garrett Wilson was a basketball star and a football star, and Jeremy Ruckert was a star in soccer and football. He was a heck of a goaltender, especially with his size, but he had to make a decision fairly early on as to which sport he wanted to pursue because football and soccer take place during the same exact time, couldn't play both, decided to go with football, and it sounds like his father's influence played a role here. Yeah, I mean, I think Jeremy Ruckert's background, um, two-sport background, is interesting because you often hear about guys growing up and 
football players having experience as a basketball player or, or maybe a lineman likes to wrestle during the winter time. I mean, Jeremy's background was in soccer. He was a, a goalkeeper, which I think is where he and his dad would attribute his, his ability to, to kind of lay out and make some of those difficult diving catches um, to being, being in front of the net and having to be, be instinctive and, and quick and, and leap and kind of bat the, the ball away. So I, I think uh, that's a little different. You don't often, often see that, but Ohio State likes to target guys who have a background in multiple sports because they think that gives maybe you something unique and it's, it's really d- developed you as a, as a more well-rounded athlete. And I think that the case applies in Rucker. And with Jeremy Ruckert, part of the reason, Joey, that he picked football over soccer was the glory, too. Because when you go to a soccer match on Long Island, it's mostly just parents that are hanging out. When you go to a football game on a Friday night, you could draw a pretty big crowd. So that was part of the allure for him, too, right? Yeah, I mean, I think just football in this country is the number one sport. I think the the, the ceiling, if you are a 6'5 kid in high school, you think, hey, I could maybe play in, in, in college and, and be in some of these big-time college football programs and huge stadiums and he did mention that when I remember talking to him about kind of picking between those those two sports is just the, the crowds at soccer games I think if you're looking for maybe an adrenaline boost it's, it's not going to be there so you have to I think really care deeply about that sport on a, on a different level to to stick with it I think football and everything that comes with football and just the the magnitude and the level, it feels like just a bigger stage, I think. And that's motivating for a high school kid. Joey, he stood out in a very obvious way early on. In fact, there's a story about when he was playing at junior high, the head coach at Lindenhurst High School, Nick Lombardo, saw Jeremy Ruckert playing in a junior high game in eighth grade and said, this kid doesn't even belong on the field with these other kids. He was, of course, as you said, much, much bigger and physically stronger than the other kids. He actually petitioned the district to let him bring the kid up to varsity from eighth grade. The district said no. But early on, it was apparent that he was headed for something special. And his parents were always peppered with people complaining about how their son couldn't possibly be the age that he was because he was so big and so strong and so physically advanced to the point where, as you detail in one of your articles over at the Columbus Dispatch, they joked about printing up T-shirts that had copies of Jeremy's birth certificate on it because people thought that it might be a Danny Almonte situation for anybody that doesn't remember Danny Almonte. He was a kid that was pitching in the Little League World Series and he was pretending to be 12 years old. Turned out he was like 16. A lot of people thought that was the case with Jeremy Ruckert, but no, he was just a physical freak. Yeah, they. I don't think they ever ultimately printed the T-shirts, but they certainly got peppered with the enough questions with, with Jeremy being at games as a young kid and people thinking he was, he was several age groups higher. Cause not only was he six foot five, he was, it's from, from all accounts, it sounds like he was a, a fast growing uh, kid at eight, nine, 10 at that, at that age where, where people were certainly raising eyebrows with him on the soccer field and all that sort of thing. But uh, that's where, uh, he was always, I think it's it's from the Santa things, a pretty big kid. And a hard worker too. In fact, Nick Lombardo referred to Ruckert as a quote 
program-changing player because he went in there and he had that work ethic and it rubbed off on the other players. According to Lombardo, Ruckert wasn't an outspoken kid. He was quiet, but going into his sophomore year, he sort of took on that leadership role without even doing it on purpose. The other kids just followed his lead because he was the best player on the team. And all of a sudden, there was a culture shift with the program. Lindenhurst had between 20 and 25 players showing up every day, lifting weights, and training for the following season. This was in the offseason. Ruckert, who was a wide receiver at the time, led that group. He was dominating on the field and off the field. So in a way, Jeremy Ruckert not only put himself on the map, he put Lindenhurst High School on the map. Yeah, they ended up winning, uh, I believe it was their first ever uh, class title. I don't Correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't actually have like a state title. Um, that you, I, I think that's correct. But mm-hmm. but they they on the field, Lynn Nurse is a program had, had their best season when he was a senior there. I think it was a class one title they call it. Um, but they were they ended up being a very good program from a program which I think typically didn't really achieve that type of success. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. What's kind of crazy, Joey, is that Rucker played wide receiver. In high school, he only had, according to Nick Lombardo, about 30 snaps at tight end. But yet, Ruckert himself knew that he was going to switch to tight end when he went to college. And he becomes the number one tight end recruit in the country, despite not even really playing much in the way of tight end. So again, shows you what a talented player he was, but how physically built up he was, that even as a high school kid who'd barely ever played tight end, these colleges would look at him when they were recruiting him and say, nah, yeah, you're going to be a tight end in college. It, and it didn't seem like something that was ever really wrestled with or, or really up to great debate when when he talked about going to camps and, and recruiting camps. Most most of the folks there and college coaches, when they came and visited him, really penciled him in to, to play tight end. I, I think it would have ultimately been difficult for him to be at a low enough weight to really stick at wide receiver. He's about 6'5", 250 now. So really to play that position, he would have needed to, to, to be maybe 6'5", 210, 220. Um, so you're talking about a pretty different plane weight, and, and he looks like a pretty trim guy right now. So I think his frame always made him a much more logical candidate to end up at tight end just because I think he would have been a lot just bigger uh, than you would normally see as a receiver lineup on the outside. So, so tight end always seemed natural – and it did never seem like he had a, a deep personal pull toward receiver where he was really adamant. And sometimes that happens where, where, where a lot of the schools like Ohio State are going to offer you as a tight end, and he may not want to play tight end. So you go to a maybe a lower-level school that, that gives you an opportunity to play receiver. But I think he cared more about being a part of a, a successful winning program. So he looked at schools like Ohio State, Alabama, and ended up at tight end. And he did talk about that, Joey, that wanting to be at a successful program was a major motivating factor for him. He visited in Ann Arbor with the University of Michigan, visited at Wisconsin, like you said, Alabama, Notre Dame, ultimately decided to go to Ohio State. But he knew that no matter which program he picked of those, there was going to be a lot of pressure on him. He said, wherever I go, there's going to be national attention. We're going to be all over TV. They're going to develop you to try and make you into the best player they possibly can. But one thing that I thought was interesting is not only did he want to pick a school where he could shine as a football player and really come into his own, 
he was thinking well beyond football. He wanted to know that wherever he went was going to offer him opportunities to do something after football because he said the biggest thing in life is planning for after football. You can't play your whole life. The average career in the NFL is three and a half years, so you're about 27 or 28 when you're done. Then you have to start all over again. You have your whole life in front of you. Whatever school I go to, I want to make sure I'm comfortable with having an out after football and being successful beyond playing football. So this is a kid who is wise beyond his years, very mature to think that way at such a young age. And probably why he ended up looking at a lot of Big Ten schools, when you talk about Michigan, Wisconsin, I mean, all those are schools that have pretty good academics, including Ohio State, have pretty big alumni bases where if you're trying to figure out what you're going to do post-football, those have big connections. They have alumni both coasts. Where if he wanted to end up back in the Northeast, there are a lot of Michigan, Ohio State alumni in the Northeast or in California or uh, locally in the, in the Midwest as well, Chicago. So I think it gives you certainly to add to factor into the, the decisions that he was looking at. And he decided on Ohio State largely because, as we talked about with Garrett Wilson, Urban Meyer did a great job convincing him that Ohio State was the right place for him. Ruckert said, the way I was raised, once I make a commitment, that's going to be it. I'm not taking visits to other schools. I'm going to start recruiting other players, too. So, again, being a bit of a leader the way that he was at Lindenhurst, where I'm from, the way I was raised by my dad and my mom, once I'm committed, I have to finish it. And he talked about the relationship with Meyer from very early on. He said, Coach Meyer texts me every day. But he doesn't just text me. He texts my family, he texts my girlfriend. He sends letters to my girlfriend's mother. He really goes the extra mile to make sure my parents and my family are comfortable with where I'm going to be for the next four years, which is incredibly important to me and to my family. So again, Urban Meyer really understood the best way to recruit this kid. And he put on the full court press and it worked, just like with Garrett Wilson. Say what you want to about Urban Meyer, but the man knows how to recruit. So he convinced Jeremy Ruckert that Ohio State was going to be the right spot for him. And I guess in the end, he was right because he had a pretty good career at Ohio State. That's a very uh, Urban Meyer-like sounding approach to recruiting, uh, (laughs) where he's really going to put the full court press on. He's really going to try to outwork whoever is coaching, whoever is trying to recruit him as well from another school. And you, you do run across college coaches who don't fully embrace that that part of the job they review recruiting as a bit of a chore uh they don't love having to constantly text and communicate with high school kids or their parents and and their friends but urban really relished that and and saw it as an opportunity to 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 make sure his teams were always stocked with talent which is is how you end up getting guys like jeremy rucker Joey, I wanted to dig in a little bit more on Jeremy Ruckert's relationship with his father, Bill, and the rest of his family. Garrett Wilson is very tight with his father, Kenny. We talked about that on the show that we did on Garrett Wilson. He's also very tight with the rest of his family. Would you say it's a similar dynamic with Jeremy Ruckert and his family and his father, Bill? I think so. And I think Jeremy's close with his brother as well, who's uh, played college football um, as well. I forget which which of the schools in the, in the, 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 the SUNY system. Uh, Cortland it is um, but he comes from a pretty tight-knit family on Long Island they had a huge draft party um, at the house when uh, when he got picked by the Jets uh, if, if people haven't seen it his father as a bill as a leads leads the whole group in a J-E-T-S Jets 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 and you can you can really tell 
the the passion and pride that he had for his son in that video. I think people should check out. Um, but but they they really did seem pretty close. What's fascinating to me about Jeremy Rucker too, Joey, is that we talked about how he barely played any tight end in high school and that he was a wide receiver. And his coach, Nick Lombardo, said that when he was a wide receiver at Lindenhurst, he was barely ever asked to block. And yet when he gets to Ohio State, he becomes this ferocious blocker, which tells you a lot about his ability to learn, but also Ohio State's ability to see what he could be and maximize his potential, which is a big part of the reason he wanted to go there in the first place. I think that was certainly an evolution for his game that he had to to really make a lot more than than if he had just stuck a receiver. And that happens at Ohio State where it's a Ryan Day calls it a developmental position, tight end, where you're going to have to bring in somebody and they're going to have to really learn how to block at the college level, both in the pass game and the run game, make strides in the weight room. It's a, it's a pretty demanding position as far as the, the number of responsibilities that you get. So you typically tend to see somebody come into the program or where they where they end up at receiver. Maybe they need to to add some weight to their frame. And it feels like it's not really until they're in their second or third year in the program where they they really kind of make a leap or they really start to really work their way into the rotation just because there's so much that goes into playing the tight end position. And you, you really get a mix of guys from the high school level. And it, it feels very common – that you get more of a, a receiver-oriented tight end who needs to add weight and needs to become a blocker because if you're recruiting a 6'5 kid out of high school, odds are the high school team wasn't going to have him block a ton. I mean, he's, he's bigger than pretty much anybody he's going to face on a Friday night, and that was the case with Rucker, where a high school team is going to use it. He's going to be the number one target for the high school team, and he's going to come to Ohio State. Well, he's going to need to add 20 pounds. And it's going to take two years for him to get on the field. That's sort of the, the roadmap for that position. The funny thing, too, is that while he was known as this dynamic receiver in high school and while he hadn't blocked much in high school and ends up becoming known for his blocking at Ohio State, people would have thought he'd be this dynamic pass-catching tight end at Ohio State, and he wasn't mostly because he didn't get a ton of opportunities. Jamison Williams was there at one point, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. There's only so many opportunities for the tight end, but when he did get those opportunities in the limited sample size, he sure made the most of them, right, Joey? I mean, we all remember that incredible one-handed catch in the Big Ten title game. That really was, I think, for him, I think one of the one of the highlights, uh, that catch in, the, in that Big Ten title game with Wisconsin. He had the one-handed catch against Alabama in the, in the national championship game. He was – he could put together a highlight reel. That's He didn't get really maybe the volume of targets people thought he could get. But I, I do think that's a, a product of the circumstances, and I'm sure there were Jets fans who saw that pick and, and looked up uh, the stat sheet for Jeremy Rucker over his years at Ohio state. And it, it doesn't necessarily jump off the page by any means uh, for him. I, I, and I think it's understandable for, for somebody to, to see that because I mean, he doesn't have more than, than 309 receiving yards in a season. Last year was the, the most in his career, 26 catches for 309 receiving yards, three touchdowns. But I think that's largely the fact that he played with a trio of wide receivers that was as good as any in, in recent college football between Gary Wilson and Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba. 
I mean, they nearly had a thousand yard receiving trio between those two guys and, and Wilson and, and JSN both went over a thousand and in Olave it was right there. So I think that's why you don't see, typically see the targets, but it's, it's going to be, I think, more unusual for for him to be in that situation in the NFL where you have three receivers at, at that quality of level. And, and regardless, too, I think he was always a very productive blocker for them, even though he didn't have the volume. I think he did what they wanted him to do at that position, somebody who could allow them to be an 11 or 12 personnel, be a receiving threat, be a blocking threat. So I, I think that's sort of a little bit why, you know, maybe have these huge numbers that he put up over the years. Because of everything you just talked about, Joey, it feels like Jeremy Ruckert's best football is probably ahead of him, that he may not have even scratched the surface of what he could potentially become as a football player. We know about the natural ability, the size, and every time he's had the opportunity to do something at Ohio State, he has. This feels like a situation where a team gets a player who shows flashes in spots where he's allowed to show flashes, drafts him on those flashes, and then believes they can take him to that next step. Ohio State helped develop his blocking, clearly, and while they didn't give him a ton of opportunities to catch the ball, they did certainly give him opportunities to showcase his ability, especially with those one-handed catches. The Jets are probably thinking that they're getting a bargain here, that they might have a star in the making in Jeremy Ruckert based on what he's done and the ability that he has, that if they give him more opportunities, he'll cash in on them. Yeah, to me, this felt like a pick that had a high floor with a uh, ability, I think, where, where Ruckert could maybe even even as, as a pretty high ceiling as well for a draft pick because you know you're going to get a good blocker a big, strong guy I think you're going to be able to use as, as a tight end. But somebody I think has the ability to be a receiver and catch the ball well. And and keep in mind, too, that that he did not get to go through most of the, the pre-draft testing. He hurt his foot at the Senior Bowl in January, so he didn't get to run at the Combine or, or, or Pro Day or, or catch passes from C.J. Stroud. I think – he would have tested well. I think he would have had a chance to move higher up on draft boards if he had gone through some of that. So he, he feels like a pretty good value pick for the Jets. I'm not um, an NFL draft wizard by any stretch of the imagination, but he does feel like somebody who doesn't feel like they're going to flop. He feels like he's going to be a very productive member of a team and be somebody who's able to contribute, but somebody who's also going to be able to be maybe more of a playmaker and grow into a larger role than he showed in college. Joey, he seems like a fun kid with a good head on his shoulders. That's the impression I've gotten from watching interviews and talking to some people and even reading some of your work on Jeremy Ruckert. Is that more or less how you would describe him? He was always, I think, um, somebody who who was, I think, a little quieter uh, when he would talk to us, but he was always a good representative for the program. He was one of the the guys Ohio State uh, brought to to media days uh, for the Big Ten last year. Um, in Indianapolis. So he was somebody who was a, a good face for the program. Um, I don't think he had quite the, the – we talked about Gary Wilson and, and sort of the big personality he has. I don't think Ruckert's quite like that. I think he's a little more of uh, just a little bit of a quieter guy. But I think overall a, a good good addition or good good locker room presence and, and all that sort of thing. 
Joey Kaufman covering Ohio State football for the Columbus Dispatch. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about Jeremy Ruckert with me. Really appreciate it. Make sure that you follow Joey on Twitter at Joey R. Kaufman. Read his work in the Columbus Dispatch. And check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great All-22 videos up of the Jets' draft picks. So if you want to see the film and how it matches up with what Joey and I were talking about on the show today, go ahead and watch the videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. Tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.